0: amazing song. You know, I was listening to you all singing. I was singing, trying not to sing along because my microphone was on and my singing's not that good. And I was listening to you sing. And I'm just sure that there were some angels in the place as well. And it came from the heart. Because as we sing that powerful song, we're singing an absolute truth, that Jesus Christ is our living hope. Amen? Amen. Why don't you wave at someone as you take your seats? And should we appreciate our amazing band this morning? Thank you, guys, for helping us worship today. Now, today, it's going to be a little bit unusual because I'm going to talk about a servant queen. We've all heard the news this week that Queen Elizabeth II has gone home to be with the Lord. Now, you might not be a royalist, and I can't say that I am particularly a royalist, but I do believe that God allows people to be heads of nations, to be leaders, and some of them are not good, and some of them are good. And as we as a nation, we are about to enter a new season This woman, Queen Elizabeth, has been on the throne for over 70 years. It's a long, long time. For most of us, it's more than our lifetime. We haven't known anything else in this nation. Not only was she the queen of this nation, but of all the Commonwealth as well. And I just want to look at her life today and just see if we can glean some glimpses of God in her life. But more than that, maybe we can learn from her leadership the servant queen. As we start our new campaign, the scripture that we are using is the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord and they will flourish in the courts of our God. And the key to that scripture, we're talking about flourishing. The key to that scripture is when a man or a woman plants themselves into the house of God of the Lord, as they get rooted and grounded into the things of God, God tells us in his word that we will flourish. And as I looked at this woman's life, the queen, her majesty, I realized that from a very early age, this woman planted herself into the house of God, into his word. When she was only 21, she wrote this, and I'm gonna be quoting a few of her words today, On her 21st birthday, she said, I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service and the service of our great imperial family to which we all belong. But I shall not have the strength to carry out this resolution alone unless you join it with me, as I now invite you to. I know that your support will be unfailingly given. And then she says, but God Help me to make good my vow. Right at the beginning, before she was ever announced as queen, before she ever was crowned queen, she thought it was something in the distance to come later. But at 21 years of age, this young woman placed her future into the hands of God. More than just placing her future into the hands of God, she placed her calling and her life calling into the hands of God. She made a pledge to God that she would serve him and serve this nation to the end of her days. She actually took it seriously that she was a chosen vessel of God to serve nations of the world. And she understood what it was to be a servant queen And I'm sure that echoes in my heart and to yours of our servant king, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, in 1952, when she was crowned, she was only 26 years' age but this wasn't something that she had planned. This wasn't something she was considering. She was on holiday at the time, and yet God seemed to break through. There was a trauma. Her father, the king, had suddenly passed away. He was dead. And immediately, as Charles, King Charles is grappling right now with the sorrow of his mother dying, but also the, the stepping into a new responsibility, a new role. And she became queen at the age of 26 but she didn't have any choice. She was born into that family. She was born to do a job she did not choose. She, in fact, was signed to a life prison sentence, to put it harshly. Some people call it a gilded cage. She had the riches, she had the privileges, but this young woman had no choice. In fact, she did have a choice to duck out of responsibility but she chose to step into her calling from God. At 26, she was young. At that age, in that year, our country, our nation, Europe was coming out of a world war. There was lots of grief around, and she had personal grief. And she was often compared to for Queen Victoria or Queen Elizabeth I, would she make it? Would she be any good? She was measured. She was criticised. I wonder if this young queen, this young Elizabeth, had been busy making plans with her new husband of settling down, of having a, growing her family. And yet Proverbs 16 says this, We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps and it started to remind me of a young girl in the Bible that was in a similar situation. And her name was Mary, the mother of Jesus. You know, Mary was a young girl and she was looking forward to being married. And I can imagine that she was storing up all her treasures and getting her stuff together to make her home and to looking forward to the day of putting on her wedding dress and going down the aisle and getting married to her beau Joseph. I think she was excited and she loved life and she was looking forward to it. And she She was with her girlfriends and she was unknown and she was just enjoying the day. And then God broke in and God interrupted Mary's life. The angel of the Lord appeared to Mary. Now that must have been a scary thing for a young teenage girl. I think any one of us would be quite scared if the angel of the Lord turned up in our kitchen and declared that we were gonna be the the carrier of Jesus Christ. But there was this young girl, and I can liken her a little bit to what Queen Elizabeth II was, was facing at the age of 26. She was busy enjoying life, and then something broke in, and there she faced a challenge. Do I accept it? Do I accept the assignment? Or do I back off, as other people have done? So back to Mary, the young teenager, where God broke in with an angel and I love Mary's response. And I just wonder if it's a lesson to us today as God will sometimes break into our lives and interrupt what we're doing, interrupt our plans and say, hey, what about doing my plan? What about stepping into the things of God? And Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. May your will be done. May your word be to me and be it fulfilled. In other words, she was saying, not my will, Lord, but yours. And I wonder how many times in our lives we are faced with that truth. It could be in such small things. It can be in such big things. But how many times where God breaks in or challenges or faces us and and it's it's that, that crossroads of, is it my will or is it your will? Because sometimes when we step out into God's will, it doesn't look the best. It looks scary. God often asks us to do stuff that we can't do because we can only do it in him. And I can just think that maybe Mary just wanted a little bit to hang back and wish that she'd never woke up that day and seen that angel and it turned her life. But Mary had a servant's heart And she was willing to embrace the plans of God and sacrifice the plans that she had made for herself. You know, years later, her son, Jesus, would reflect the words of his mother. Remember when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's asking God, Lord, if it's at all possible, let this cup pass from me. And he's sweating blood because he's in anguish, because he doesn't want to go through the pain. He knows what he's got to go through, but he's just seeing, is there any other way, Lord? And yet he turns and he says, not my will, but yours be done. Do I need a a different microphone? I'm just wondering if it's echoey you know sometimes it matters who we do life with and who we listen to because mary had shown her son she had she had said at that point in her life, a transition, not my will, but yours. And years later, her grown-up son Jesus says the same thing. I know that Jesus would have said it anyway because he's the Lord. But I wonder if we can model to our children, model to the people around us that there are times in our life where God breaks through and interrupts our plans. 1 Corinthians 6 says this, You are not your own, you were bought at a price. Are you busy doing your plans? Are you too busy with your head down doing your plans and there is no room for God's plans? I remember in my life, enjoying my career in the travel industry and going abroad, and, and just loving life, and God broke in, and I heard that still, small voice, and I heard the call of God, that He wanted me to go to Bible college, and yet it was so foreign to what my life was living at the time, and I wasn't sure, but as I searched His Word, and as I knew, as you really know, I had that choice. Do I step into God's plan, where it gets messy, where it gets scary, where I've gotta live? on faith and trust Him for miracles? Or do I stay doing my plan and building my own little life? I've got to tell you, folks, if you're in this place today or watching online, there is a time where God breaks in and He challenges us to live according to His will, according to His plans. And when we do, it is an amazing life to live. Because God says in Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and plans to give you a future. And it might not feel like that. It might not seem like that. I'm sure that the young girl Mary didn't feel all that at the time, but she trusted God. Queen Elizabeth said this, I know just how much I rely on my faith to guide me through the good times and the bad. Each day is a new beginning. I know that the only way to live my life is to try and do what is right, to give my best and to put my trust in God. I wonder right now, are you in that place? where you need to put your trust in God? And so as I looked at her life, when she was so young, and didn't know what the future held. All she knew was to answer the call and not step back. Queen Elizabeth, she, she accepted the assignment and there are many seasons and many opportunities in our life where God is giving us an assignment, but we do have a choice. But as we step into his assignment, we trust him and he is faithful. The second thing about this queen She was anchored in faith. Another one of her quotes says this, for me, the life of Jesus Christ, this is the Queen saying this, for me, the life of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, whose birth we celebrate today is an inspiration and an anchor in my life. A role model of reconciliation and forgiveness. He stretched out his hands in love and acceptance and healing. You know, there are not many of us that are called to carry a crown, thank goodness, because that's quite a heavy call to carry, whether we agree with it or not. She was called to carry the responsibility and the weight of monarchy, and she accepted it, but she accepted it by choosing to anchor her trust in God. And whatever it is that you're carrying, whatever it is that you've got to carry in life, maybe what God has called you to carry in life, whatever it is that you're carrying people through, you can't do it unless you are anchored into God. You know, whether you are raising kids, that's no less important than carrying a crown of monarchy. If you are trying to run your business and do it well with integrity, that's no less difficult than running a nation. If you are simply trying to love your spouse and love people, that's a high call. If you are caring for others, maybe your life is on hold because you've got to care for someone right now. That is a lonely place sometimes to be. But whatever it is, that we are called to carry through this life. We can't do it in our own strength, with our own mindset, working it all out by ourselves. We need the grace of God. We need to be anchored in God. Our faith needs to be somewhere strong, somewhere safe that can carry us through. Ephesians says this, we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We won't be influenced when people try to trick us with their lies so clever they sound like truth. Have you ever been in a conversation and it sounds so clever that you end up believing what they're said and then you find out actually it wasn't true at all? Sometimes we get scammed. You have gotta be careful. But when we are trying to live this life on this earth, If we live it without the Word of God, we are not anchored and we are not safe. I looked at this thing called a buoy, a B-U-O-Y, and it's a vessel that floats upon the sea, and it's there to guide the ship safely into port, and it bobs about the sea, and it'll go this way and that way according to the waves and the winds, but it won't go too far because underneath the surface of the sea is a strong chain and the chain is then anchored into a cement block deep within the the ground of the sea and it's a picture of how we are when we start to trust God, when we rely on God's Word, when we are anchored in the Word of God, then it doesn't matter whether the storms come and we might go this way or that way for a little while, but we won't go too far. We won't stray off the truth of the Word of God and He will keep us on track. In her role, Queen Elizabeth II, she would host leaders from all around the world, They would be of all faiths, all opinions, all different beliefs, all views and ideals, and she would have to host them. She would have to listen attentively. And I just wonder if she had this protection that she wouldn't get engulfed in wrong teaching or wrong ideals or wrong views. And maybe she was like the Bereans who went back after her audience with the different people and she would pick up her Bible and she would read her Bible and just see what God said on that matter. Just see what God had to say. And she was grounding herself. She was anchoring herself into the Word of God. She was a symbol of stability and steadfastness. And I wonder if we could be that to those in our lives, but even to ourselves. Or do we go this way and that way when we hear different things? You know, social media is such an accessible thing and we can be swayed in what we think and swayed in what we're saying and our thoughts simply by watching the trends on social media. <laughs> Or maybe we've got friends and families with different opinions and different views and different cultures. What do we do when it's conflicting or when we're not sure? We turn to the Word of God that is the anchor of our soul. And we examine what God has to say on the matter. You know, the Word of God keeps us balanced. It keeps us secure, it keeps us confident, and it helps us to measure against every other thing in this world. She says this, the queen, to what greater inspiration and counsel can we turn than to the imperishable truth to be found in this treasure house, the Bible? Now, I don't know the queen, didn't know the queen personally, I didn't really take much notice, I'm sorry to say. But when I started to explore her life and I started to examine the words that she said over the years as she's addressed our nation and other people around the world, I realized this woman was actually a woman of God. I wonder in a different life, in a different opportunity, if she hadn't had to have been queen, what she would have done. Would she have been in a pulpit like this? I don't know. And so I'm not sharing her words today because I'm trying to elevate her as a person. I'm sharing her words today because our nation is about to go into national mourning. And as Christians, we're not of the world, but we're supposed to be relevant. And we're supposed to be in touch with what's going on. And what happens when a nation goes into mourning, like those of us that remember when Princess Diana died, it then stirs up personal mourning. It stirs up mourning that hasn't been dealt with. It stirs up memories again. And so not only are we going to be meeting people at workplaces and in our streets that are mourning this this national treasure, the Queen, but also people are going to start with their own grief, especially coming out of COVID and the things that have happened recently. And we need to be a people that are prepared. Christians, we are to be the light in the world. We are to be able to have conversations and to be relevant with our neighbours. And so all I'm trying to do today is help you and me be ready to be relevant as we step into this next few days and weeks and months ahead. I wonder, where's your anchor? Are you anchored into the rock? The rock that is solid, Jesus Christ that holds you, when the storms of life cause you to sway this way and that way, that you still stand firm, that you still come back to the center. I wonder, are you stable in your faith, in your belief, in your trust in God? Because when you are anchored in his word, there is safety and there is truth. And this lady, sorry to call her a lady, I don't mean to be disrespectful, But at the end of the day, we all face God. And this lady, I love her quote, and I've got to say it again. The imperishable truth that is found in this treasure house, the Bible. That tells me this woman read her Bible. That tells me this woman lived by her Bible. That tells me that this woman, although she was majesty, she lived to a higher majesty, the king of kings, the lord of lords and so she accepted the assignment and she did that in a way that she was anchored in faith and thirdly she was personally accountable you know how many times we have conversations with people especially our kids when they're growing up and we're saying who did that and they say not me it was him or her we like to pass the buck We don't like to be accountable for our actions or the stuff that we do. We don't want to willingly say, it was me. We don't like to be responsible. But here was a woman that held herself personally accountable to God. And she says this, To many of us, our beliefs are of fundamental importance. For me, the teachings of Christ and my personal accountability before God provide a framework in which I try to lead my life. I, like so many of you, have drawn great comfort in difficult times from Christ's words and his example. She did not blame her situation that she couldn't trust God. She did not blame anyone else about her walk with God. She did not blame anyone for the state of her standing before God. She accepted a personal responsibility, a personal accountability before her God. Jesus said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. And whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Here is a woman, the Queen Elizabeth II. She has the whole world at her feet. She has riches. She has privileges. She has a position of power. She has great influence, probably the most influential person in the world at one time. And yet, and yet, she still found herself being accountable to Jesus Christ. I wonder in our workplaces, maybe we might be the boss and sometimes we forget that we are still accountable for our actions, for our words, for the way we treat the people who are working for us and with us. I wonder in our households, do we remember that we are accountable to God for the way we treat our family, for the way we speak to our spouses, for the way we speak to our children, for the way we let our children do stuff? I wonder... Wherever we go, do we realise we can be the top of the tree, but we are never, never away from the headship of Christ. Here was a queen, a queen of nations, a queen of commonwealths, and yet she bowed the knee. She submitted her life. She didn't need to. She made a choice. She made a choice to accept the assignment. She made a choice to anchor her life in God. And she made a choice to be accountable personally to that God. It's a personal thing. No one can force you. No one can make you. But she chose to please God, to follow his will. She surrendered to Christ's teaching. Her heart, her conscience cared about what Jesus thought. Her conduct, her decisions that she made, her actions, her words, she cared about what Jesus thought. Of course, there were restrictions. Of course, there were boundaries because she was a a monarchy set in place. She had no freedom in some areas. But in the freedom that she had, she always declared the goodness of God. Many years ago, the young people used to wear these wristbands with WWJD. And it meant, what would Jesus do? And they would wear these wristbands so that wherever they went, whether they went to school or to college or to nightclubs, that it would be a a subtle reminder that whatever they were doing, whatever they were saying, whatever they were getting up to, they would ask this question, what would Jesus do in this situation? What would Jesus say in this situation? How would Jesus act? How would Jesus react And as I'm thinking about this bracelet, I just sort of chuckled to myself thinking, here was a queen. And she wore a visible crown on her head at times. But I think she had an invisible bracelet up her sleeve saying, W-W-J-D. A constant reminder of what would Jesus do in this situation, in this conversation that I found myself in Many years ago, I worked in a travel agent and it was one of those big hyper travel agents. There were 32 um, 32 desks that you could go to. So that meant 32 colleagues I worked with and most of us were young women. And we would start our day gathered around one desk and then we would start to rip to pieces each other or the person especially that had the day off. And so as a Christian, I started to back off and I would sit alone in my desk while they would all gather together. And this would go on for weeks and for months. And I soon became the outcast. And I was thinking, Lord, I'm supposed to be like light in the world, not, not set apart, but I don't want to enter into that conversation of slander. And, and it, was, it was so, you know, some women can be so nasty to each other. And yet the next day, they would, the person they were talking about, they would be so nice with. And then they would join in talking about everyone else. And so one day, the manager, who was actually the worst in this, she called me into her office and I didn't wanna go into her office. I thought she's gonna catch me out on something or try. And as I sat down, she said, Linda, you're the only one I can talk to. And she started to tell me some thing in her life that actually she needed prayer for. She wasn't a Christian And yet for months and months, she had seen that I'd isolated myself away from the gossip, away from the slander. And yet out of all those in that place, I was the only one she said she could trust. And sometimes in our lives, we have to make a choice. We have to make a decision. Are we gonna go with the flow? Are we gonna go with the crowd? Are we gonna go with the majority? Or are we gonna say, hold on, what would Jesus do here? What would Jesus do right now? And sometimes it means we have to step away, but always be there. I think she wore an invisible wristband with WWJD. Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, she bowed to his majesty, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things, talk about such things. This is a measure, this is a marker. If you are unsure of what to say and what to do, always pull out Philippians 4, 8 because it is a good guide on what you should say and how you should say it. If you are caught in that place, We are in the middle of gossip. In Christmas 2015, she says this. It's true that the world has had to confront moments of darkness this year. But the Gospel of John contains a verse of great hope, often read at Christmas carol services. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Despite being displaced and persecuted throughout his short life, Jesus Christ's unchanging message was not one of revenge or violence, but simply that we should love one another. As the Queen declared this to the nations, she was being criticized. Criticized, she was being ridiculed. She was being slandered. But her response was to say, Jesus Christ was displaced and persecuted. But Christ's message is not violence, not getting your own back, that we should love one another. I'm sure this this woman should have been a preacher, you know. And finally, she was appreciative to God. I've already explained that she was rich. You know that she was privileged and she could buy anything that she wanted and she was often gifted with amazing gifts. But on her 90th birthday, the Bible Society wrote a book called The Servant Queen and the King She Serves, referring to Jesus. And she wrote this in the inscription, I have been and remain very grateful to God for his steadfast love And I have indeed seen his faithfulness. For someone of that stature to have said those words, to me indicates that she has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. How can you have a thankful heart if you're not in relationship with someone? It reminds me of King David. King David is said to have said that, Who am I, Lord, and who is my family that you have brought me this far? And when we have an appreciation of all that God has done in our lives and we express it as thanks, that is an indication that our relationship is growing in God She writes further, Jesus Christ lived obscurely for most of his life and never traveled. He was maligned, he was rejected by many, though he'd done no wrong. And yet billions of people now follow his teaching, this is the queen saying this, and find him the guiding light for their lives. Then she boldly declares, I am one of them. The queen identified with knowing Jesus She identified and declared that she was a follower of Jesus. You know, for some of us, even in our workplaces, I don't think we can all bold enough to declare that we are a follower of Jesus. But here is the head of the nation saying, I am a follower of Jesus. This was a real eye-opener for me, not knowing the Queen personally. As I started to read the things that she had said over the years And then I looked back and saw that there was a subtleness of her faith coming through in everything she did. Although we are capable of great acts of kindness, history teaches us that we sometimes need saving from ourselves. This is her words. From our recklessness or our greed, God sent into the world a unique person. Not a philosopher or a general, as important as they are, but a saviour with the power to forgive. Did you ever realize that Queen Elizabeth II was an evangelist? And finally, she did not abdicate. Although she did not choose to take this place as queen, she served it under harsh spotlight of the curious, of the critical and of the cruel. Yet she said this, this time of year, we remember that God sent his only son to serve and not to be served. And I just sensed that she took that as her way of serving. She realized that she had come to serve. She could not abdicate her responsibilities. She couldn't take the example of her uncle before her. She realized she had no choice but step into God's will, to God's purposes and God's plans, whatever the cost. Because her example was not a person in her family, but it was Jesus Christ himself. Because Jesus stepped in to a place and a position that God had asked him to do, no matter how difficult it seemed. And Jesus did it, and he did it to the full. Because he says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never let you down. This queen, she fulfilled her vows, she did what she promised, she kept her word, she kept her faith, she kept her hope, and she kept her trust. And she knows that she needed God to strengthen her, to guide her. She even declares it is in God's strength and it is because of God's example. This woman was a woman of courage, resilience, and instinct that she put others first. Even during COVID, she told us all that light has no darkness. Light, a light that, sorry, a light that no darkness can overcome. She was giving us hope even through times of death and turmoil. She was a faithful Christian disciple, a supreme governor of the Church of England, a woman who lived out her faith, a life of integrity, a little lady with a huge, big God. She was a woman, she was a queen, she was a mother, she was a wife, she was a grandmother. But as a queen, she knew that the only way to rule an earthly kingdom was to seek a heavenly one. The queen demonstrated a heart of service with gracious faith and wisdom, integrity and love until the very end, a truly godly leader and as she enters eternity I think you would agree with me we would hear the words echoing well done good and faithful servant it's been a bit unusual today not the usual preach because it was an opportunity a once in a lifetime opportunity to put the spotlight on such a leader as we might never see before As a nation, we're about to enter into a new season and we do not know what that will look like. But as we look back on the past monarchy, I want us to applaud her and realise, a fresh, like me, I didn't know before, that she actually carried the call of God. Kings and queens will pass away, but our eternal God never passes away.